If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. It's January 4th. I'm Brian Dean Wright, former CIA operations officer, and this is The Wright Report. Hey, good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Wright Report, your daily news podcast. I've got three briefs for you this morning that are shaping America and the world. First up, oil markets around the world are getting very bouncy this morning with impacts on your pocketbook. I'll explain why, taking you to three different parts of the world. Second, China's got a baby problem, not enough of them. I'll explain why some people argue that that will weaken the Communist Party in the years to come. Third, an increasing number of men in Ukraine are locking themselves inside of their homes to avoid the draft. I'll explain what's happening within Ukraine's forces that's making them so fearful. Later, another round of listener questions today, and we've got some good ones about right-wing conspiracies and Israel's nuclear program. But first, let's get to our top stories of the morning. We begin with breaking and developing news, ladies and gentlemen, that came out late last night. First was the release of some sealed documents related to the Jeffrey Epstein case. He, of course, is a man convicted of some pretty horrific sex crimes with a long list of friends and clients of the young girls that he was prostituting. Well, this list includes our current CIA director, William Burns, and former President Bill Clinton. It is, however, unclear who is simply a friend and who might be a client. And that is why I will be going through the documents over the next number of days and will provide you more assessments in a future episode. Meanwhile, we've also got bomb threats to talk about, threats which shut down state capitals late yesterday from Hawaii to Mississippi. Apparently, somebody sent an email to leaders in at least six states, including Connecticut, Georgia, Hawaii, Kentucky, Michigan, and Mississippi, saying that bombs had been placed inside of state capitals and they would explode soon. A lot of capitals were then evacuated out of an abundance of caution. No bombs were found. This development uh, appears to be connected to additional bomb threats, by the way, uh, at the capitals in Montana, Wyoming, and Minnesota as well. So I bring you this in part because we should probably pair this development with a recent outbreak of swatting calls. That's where someone places a 911 call that says a, a violent act is taking place at someone's home, but it's not true. Nevertheless, authorities send in SWAT teams to, to deal with it. And these SWAT, uh, swatting incidences have been ramping up over the past month, mostly directed at U.S. politicians. No deep analysis to offer you on this, but just one quick opinion. This is a pretty cheap and easy way, ladies and gentlemen, to sow a degree of chaos. So investigators on the state and federal levels should be looking for a pattern here of these culprits, both of the swatting and the bomb threats this morning. This could be an external actor like Iran or China who are trying to cause problems. Or perhaps we could be looking at internal agitators like Antifa or Black Lives Matter trying to do the exact same thing, especially in an election year. Regardless, I will keep my eye on this and I will keep you posted. First up, though, for our scheduled news, 
We are going to talk about oil. And that is because events around the world yesterday caused the price of oil to shoot up about 3%. And prices are likely to remain uh, pretty bouncy over the next number of days. So let's talk about why, as this will certainly impact you and your pocketbook. We start this morning in the country of Libya, where one of their major oil fields shut down operations yesterday because of protests. Videos from the country show protesters blocking access to this field, making demands for more uh, paved roads, a clinic, and jobs for young people. Well, these protests jeopardize the upwards of 300,000 barrels a day that this Libyan uh, field produces, much of which benefits Europe. Next, we are off to Iran to talk about a bomb blast. Some people there were remembering what is the anniversary of Donald Trump's drone strike against an Iranian commander named Soleimani several years ago, killed him. As mourners were gathering to discuss and, and remember Mr. Soleimani, well, two suitcases or bags exploded via a remote detonation. At least 95 people died. The government of Iran promised revenge, blaming both the United States and Israel, though, as I shared with listeners uh, on Substack, the most likely culprits are ISIS or internal opposition groups. We shall see, and I will keep you posted as soon as I learn more. Third, the Houthis, they're back at it. They launched yet another attack on yet another container ship in the Red Sea yesterday. It came weeks after the United States and other uh, European allies had told this group privately through friends like the Omanis to not do it, to knock it off with these uh, terrorist attacks. And they used very stern language via diplomatic demarches to these Houthis. They also issued public warnings, in fact, did so yesterday. And yet the Houthis and their backers in Iran have apparently ignored all of these warnings. So taken together, ladies and gentlemen, these events in Libya, Iran, and the Red Sea will almost certainly show up at the gas pump, uh, certainly in places like Europe, where it has already happened as of this morning. But for now, our gas prices are sitting pretty good, really, under three bucks a gallon in a majority of U.S. stations. But here's how these events could sting us nonetheless. The Biden White House has been moving to refill something that is called the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, or SPR, after they drained much of it over the past two years to deal with high gas prices. So far, Biden's team has managed to purchase around 14 million barrels, at least so far, with another uh, another 22 million barrels planned to purchase. But you put that together, and that is still a drop in the oil bucket, considering that these guys drew down the SPR by over 350 million barrels, give or take. And that is about half of what the reserve can actually hold, around 725 million barrels or so. And one could, I think, reasonably argue that we should have at least that much in emergency reserve, given that we've got a looming war in the Middle East and a potential war with China. Now, to be fair, Congress gets some of the blame here for these low levels in the SPR, not just Biden. And that's because Congress has mandated the sale of some of this SPR oil to pay for various congressional programs and goodies. One good piece of news on this, if push ever came to shove, the U.S. is currently producing about 13.2 million barrels of oil a day, and that's a record. So the federal government could once again refuse to allow this oil that we make to be sold abroad. Instead, we could use it for emergency purposes here at home. So there you go. That's a good piece of news. One other quick piece of news to mention for you on this issue of oil and gas. Russia's Gazprom, their major oil and gas producing company, announced yesterday that it had broke its own records for the most gas exported to China. 
The one-day record was set on Tuesday with a pipeline called Power of Siberia delivering the record. Although that record is not expected to last for much longer, Moscow intends to break it by adding more capacity on that existing pipeline, and they're also in talks to build a new pipeline to China. It would be called the Power of Siberia 2. Speaking of China, let's cover a quick update, ladies and gentlemen, on a previous brief that I gave you about Beijing and what some call its collapsing population. To refresh our memories on this, last January was one for the record books in China. They experienced their first drop in population in over 60 years. And that led some folks last winter and into the spring to say that Beijing was in serious trouble. They had an increasingly older population and not enough young folks to care for all those old folks or the economy. Some people even suggested that this uh, depopulation, as it were, could ultimately be China's demise, their downfall, because they simply don't have enough people. But as you may recall, my analysis and assessment on this was probably not, in no small part because of the artificial intelligence revolution. All that means is that uh, nations around the world will likely need fewer workers and people. I pointed out to you at the time, there were two Chinese ports in the cities of Tianjin and Qingdao. Those are mostly ports that are automated, actually, and it helps us prove the point that in the future, a lot of factories and ports don't need as many workers. But that debate aside, we are getting some more numbers this morning to consider, and here's the upshot. China does have a baby problem. There were 7.8 million babies born in China last year. That is down from 9.5 million from the year before, and it's down from about 16 million around 10 years ago. And when you pair that with the overall deaths in China, indeed, it means that China experienced last year a net loss of overall population of about 3 million. And that is interesting, even if it's a country of 1.4 billion. Also interesting is this. The communist government quickly erased this original article that noted these lower birth numbers. It seems that this was unhappy news for Beijing. So the bottom line is this. As we look at China's strengths and weaknesses, certainly because they are the gravest threat to this country, it's possible that over the long term, Beijing could be weakened to a degree by this overall demographic decline. Although my assessment remains the same, that the AI revolution is changing the fundamental need for humans and workers. And that is true uh, for both China and us. In fact, we, we discussed this issue last week in relation to our southern border and immigration and whether or not America even needs these people coming over the border or coming over at all. With that, let us take our first break of the morning. For subscribers listening at rightreport.substack.com, thank you. Meanwhile, for my other loyal listeners and equal thanks, we'll be right back. My friends, for the past few months, you have heard me talk about Jace Medical. It's the company that provides you medication for emergency use like antibiotics. Also, they get you backup prescriptions for things like cholesterol, diabetes, and blood pressure. And here's why I love Jace Medical so much. If you are a farming or a ranching family or you live in the back 40, it is pretty tough to get a hold of a doctor, to travel to the appointment, get the prescription, you fill it, and so forth. But with Jace Medical, all you have to do is fill out a simple online form and in some cases have a quick call with one of their board certified physicians. And then you get the medication right in the mail. You also get ongoing care from Jace physicians about any treatment related questions, which is fantastic. In other words, folks, you get peace of mind 
you get convenience and you get an emergency supply of medicines no matter where you are. And that is great for a lot of people, rural families, folks who are traveling, or those of us who might be a little bit anxious these days about our unpredictable world, and you might prefer to have an emergency supply of medicines on hand. And that's kind of smart. So do what I've done. Go to jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Enter that promo code right. W-R-I-G-H-T is the spelling. And when you do, you will get a right report discount. Again, my friends, go to jacemedical.com, promo code right, and get the supply of medicines you need, folks, shipped straight to your door. Well, folks, by now, you know that some listeners like to call me the angel of death because apparently I deliver such bad news on this podcast. Well, if that's you and this podcast keeps you up at night, well, calm yourselves right back down and do so with a comfy bed from Ghostbed. <laughs> yep, it's a company that I think makes the finest mattresses in all of America. And y'all know that is true because I own one. I have the Lux model. That one is designed to help people like me who sleep a little bit hot. But they've got other great models too. There's the classic. Uh, there is the massage bed. That sounds fun. Plus, there's one called 3D Matrix. That sounds scary, but I still want one. Doesn't matter. Whatever model you choose from Ghostbed, just do it. These mattresses are built with high-quality materials, fine craftsmanship, and when you get into that ghost bed, you feel both of those things. And great news, you can get one of these mattresses delivered right to your doorstep. And if that makes you a little bit nervous, you know, to buy a bed without lying in it first, well, I get it. But Ghostbed has already solved that problem. They have a 101-day trial period plus free shipping and returns. So, folks, if Brian, the angel of death, scares you during the day, let Ghostbed protect you at night with a great night's sleep. And here's the best part. Get 50% off when you do. Go to ghostbed.com slash right. That's W-R-I-G-H-T. And 50% off your Ghostbed purchase will be given to you, my friends. But you got to use that website, ghostbed.com slash right. Oh, boy. But when you do, you are going to get that good night's sleep that you deserve. I guarantee it. Welcome back to The Right Report. Let's continue with our news this morning with the latest in global affairs. An increasing number of men, ladies and gentlemen, in Ukraine are locking themselves inside of their homes today to avoid the draft. So to understand why and exactly what's happening, let me share the latest from the Wall Street Journal, Reuters News Service, Newsweek, and Politico. So here it is. Right now, if you are an able-bodied man in Ukraine over the age of 27, odds are you are not going to be going outside of your home today, or if you are, you've got a pocket full of bribe money. And that is because President Zelensky's government has set up checkpoints throughout major cities and along major highways to stop military-age men from leaving and, if necessary, to drag them to recruitment centers. And that is because Ukraine needs new fighters. The war so far has cost Kiev over 500,000 casualties, with many more expected. And that's leading President Zelensky and his military with a pretty notable challenge of finding more men, about 500,000 in all, based, in fact, on a, a new bill in Parliament. So they're stopping men on the street or in, along highways to get closer to this 500,000 number, looking especially for those guys aged 27 or older, preferably into their 30s. Although to, to that point, they're looking for much older men as well. 
For example, a 47-year-old man recently went to get a haircut in his small Ukrainian village, and he was grabbed by some military recruitment officers. They shoved him into a car, and they held him for two days until he agreed to sign up for service. As he told the, the Wall Street Journal, quote, I got my haircut at boot camp, end quote. As he and others told reporters, that has led Ukraine's military to have a disproportionate percentage of older men, late 40s and now into their 50s. Most of these guys are coming from rural areas and mostly because they can't afford to pay the bribes to various Ukrainian military recruiters to either avoid service or to get some plum positions far away from the front lines. And that is why the casualty rate for these older men is most especially high. Ukrainian military officials acknowledge that some of their recruitment tactics have been uh, non-sanctioned, as they said, like kidnapping. But they and President Zelensky have said that too many men are ignoring their draft notices. But to repeat something that I just said, it's not that men are ignoring those notices. They're dodging them with bribes. As listeners might recall, Zelensky fired all 24 of his country's regional recruitment chiefs back in August because of endemic corruption. And since then, there hasn't been much of an overhaul of this system. And that is actually a point of great frustration for Ukraine's military, especially the top general, Valery Zelushny. He said that about a week ago. And these issues then of recruitment, corruption, and low morale are but some of the reasons for why not only men in Ukraine are trying to dodge service this morning, but why there are growing concerns in capitals in Europe and the United States about the very future of this war and whether Ukraine can possibly win. Now, in public, politicians on both sides of the Atlantic have said that the West will stand with Ukraine for as long as it takes, and that victory is assured. But behind closed doors, there is a very different set of conversations. About a week ago, Political Magazine reported what my sources have been telling me for many, many months now, and here it is, the Pentagon does not believe that Ukraine can win this war, even with new weaponry and support. The best hope is that they might put Kiev in a very strong defensive position and grind down the Russians for years until the two sides can sue for peace. But even then, the White House and the Pentagon are coming to accept that Ukraine will have to give up some amount of territory to the Russians when a peace deal is ultimately made. The only real question now is how much land it'll have to give up. For the record, both the Pentagon and the White House deny these reports. They say everything is largely fine, especially if they can get more money. But I can tell you with high confidence that the folks at the Pentagon and the White House are lying to the American people this morning. These reports coming from Reuters, Wall Street Journal, Politico, they are accurate. In fact, to just underline the point, Politico cited an unnamed White House official who said this, quote, the only way that this war ends ultimately is through negotiation. That has been our theory throughout. We want Ukraine to have the strongest hand possible, though, when it comes to that time. End quote. The source emphasized, however, that no peace plans were currently being considered, certainly not seriously, either by the U.S. or Ukraine, rather that a peace plan will be necessary someday. One final thing to tell you about. On November 21st, I briefed you on a very subtle change that I noticed in how the White House and the Pentagon were describing American support for Ukraine, kind of echoes what's now happening. As listeners will recall, Mr. Biden and Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin went from saying that they would support Kiev for as long as it takes to as long as we can. 
Mr. Biden has since said that Ukraine has already won, actually, an enormous victory. Putin has failed. Observers and my own sources say that that rhetoric is laying the groundwork to claim success even in the face of, frankly, obvious failures. So those are the facts and data this morning on the war in Ukraine. Let me now pivot to my analysis and opinion. Ladies and gentlemen, as you all know, in Washington, D.C. right now, there is a nasty fight between the White House and Congress that boils down to, well, this. Mr. Biden wants more aid for Ukraine, while Republicans generally want more aid for our southern border. And yet what is abundantly clear is that Mr. Biden and the Pentagon know, ladies and gentlemen, that whatever money or aid we send to Ukraine, it is a loss. And that's because this war has effectively been lost, certainly in terms of our objectives for regime change in Moscow, which is what Biden said he wanted, if you recall, in a speech uh, in Poland a while back. But what is driving the calculus this morning for the White House asking for more aid is this. If Ukraine were to get overrun by the Russians over the next 11 months and we were to see images of this collapse, that would be an absolute nightmare as Mr. Biden is trying to prepare to recapture the White House. It would also be a nightmare for his party, which has so deeply embraced this war. Polls show the most Democrats continue to support more war aid. And that is why he is clinging so desperately to this additional 60 plus billion dollars. Yes, that is why he is willing to sacrifice another 500,000 Ukrainian men. He needs these guys to, sure, hold off the Russians, but he needs them to stave off political disaster, all in the 2024 presidential election. So that is my view of things this morning, and it's what I hear from my sources in Washington, D.C. The blunt truth, my friends, is that the White House does not want this war in Ukraine to end, at least not until after the election in November. With that very sorrowful and sober analysis, my friends, we conclude this morning's episode of The Right Report. But I've got one more thing before I let you go. We'll be right back. Folks, a few months ago, you might remember that I had a very strange tech issue. My gear melted down on me. Well, to fix and protect those systems, I used a company called Cronovi. That's spelled K-R-O-N-O-V-I. And I want to tell you about them. It's a small IT company that offers a range of services from advanced forensic challenges like mine, but also for simple consumer needs too, like website creation or basic tech support or helping you install and operate some fancy gadgetry that maybe you got at a birthday or Christmas time. Meanwhile, for businesses, they offer you a ton of great advanced services too, like app development or digital transformation, cloud services, e-commerce, and they do all of that and so much more at a tremendous value. By the way, the most important part of that value for me was trust. Cronovi has an Idaho-based, U.S.-run tech support team with professional certifications and backgrounds that certainly impressed me, and I know it will impress you. So go to Cronovi.com. Again, that is K-R-O-N-O-V-I. Reach out to their team and they will get back to you on whatever your tech project might be, that be big or small, personal or business. Plus, here is an awesome benefit. For the folks who are paid subscribers on Substack, you are going to get 20% off of all of Cronovi's services. Just look for the promo code on the daily emails that I send you. And that discount, that could be hundreds or even thousands of dollars in savings, depending, of course, on your project. So again, everybody, go to K-R-O-N-O-V-I dot com. 
and use this wonderful Idaho-based American-run tech team that I use and trust. Again, that's K-R-O-N-O-V-I.com. Welcome back to The Right Report with one more thing before I let you go. Today, I've got another series of listener questions sent to us from my paid subscribers at rightreport.substack.com. And just like yesterday, folks, I've got some questions that I couldn't quite get to last week during that series unscripted. So let's tackle a few more. The first is from John in Port Angeles, Washington. Although this is not a question, more of a fun comment. Brian, I was an unpaid listener, but I decided to pony up. And now I am a member of the vast right-wing conspiracy. John, by the way, spelled that W-R-I-G-H-T, right-wing conspiracy. Oh, look at you, John. I love it. Maybe we should do some merch with that phrase. That'd be fun. Next up is Terry in Appalachia. I was told to pronounce it like that. Brian, I have a thought experiment for you. If you finally got so discouraged with the trajectory of this country and you could live somewhere else, where would you go and why? Well, let's start with where I wouldn't go. I would not go to Europe because they are feckless. Their leaders are mostly radical leftists and they've got no military strength. All right. I also would not go to most of Asia because that is China's backyard and they could and do squeeze leaders there as they desire. We'll come back to Asia though in a second. Broadly speaking, Latin America is a no-go zone for me, either because they've got terrible leadership or, frankly, an inability to confront their various criminal or cartel networks, and that makes life miserable there. As for Africa, yeah, maybe if I could be a warlord or join a junta, which would be fun. I know of a couple of cool spots and some fun uh, dictators, but otherwise, no, I would not go there. So that leaves us mostly with just Antarctica, so no thank you. I could see myself choosing Japan. Reasons for that include it is a largely homogenous culture. They've got a very strong rule of law. They've got a lovely, very polite, and incredibly smart populace. There is this wonderful ethos of, of warrior-ness, and it is absolutely beautiful with incredible food. So if I had to push myself, I would say Japan. But Terry, here's the deal. I'm not going anywhere. I love America too much. And if anybody starts to doubt that about themselves and think, gosh, maybe I should leave, well, remember this. We all have got ancestors that are telling us, don't you dare give up. We work too hard to build what you have, as imperfect and embattled as it is. So just lower your shoulders and fight. So, Terry, yes, I am staying put and I choose to fight. Next, I have gotten a lot of questions about this idea of preparing or prepping just in case. So there was a note from Richard recently, also Tammy in Oregon and some others, and here's the upshot of their questions. How and from whom do you recommend acquiring food and water supplies? Okay, so more to come on this because as I said yesterday, I don't want to be frothy or panicked about and when we have this conversation. It needs to be careful and reasoned and built on facts and data. And we need to center this conversation, I think, about how we would handle any crisis or any emergency. And ultimately, I, we want to do this because we don't want to live in hysteria. But in the meantime, as I prepare this broader conversation for us, I want to give you one example of what I'm starting to do. So over the weekend, I reached out to a company called Arc Seed Kits. Do you remember these guys? 
They advertised with me back in June or so. In fact, they were my very first advertiser and they were really, really good to me. So I called up the owner on Sunday. Alex uh, is her name and, and she and her family that create these products. They're so awesome. Anyway, I said to her, Alex, look, give my paid subscribers 25% off of everything you have and I will run your ads for free. And she agreed to do that. And so now paid subscribers can get a nice extra bonus. So that is the kind of stuff that I'm working on. I'm, I'm brokering connections and relationships with companies and products that I know, that I use, and ultimately I will offer them to you because I think that you can use them too. But as always, the frame of this is you're going to be able to do two things at once. You will be able to use these products for fun for now, like growing your own food and enjoying a garden this spring and into the summer. Or you can plant things with the kids inside during the rest of the time of the year and just have fun. But you will also be able to have these products sitting on the shelf just in case, like these heirloom seeds from the Ark Seed folks, which you can then use to grow your own food year after year. Again, the focus here as ever is we are going to try to buy stuff because it is practical today and it helps us to prepare for tomorrow just in case. Finally, we've got a question from Jerry in Bluff City, Tennessee. Brian, he wrote, you have mentioned the Iranian nuclear program a few times, but not a lot about the Israeli nuclear program. Got any intel on that? Well, Jerry, I, I do. Uh, I'll give you some unclassified versions of what is in my head, starting with this. Israel does not like to talk about their nuclear program. They don't acknowledge it, but here is the truth. They have around 100 nuclear warheads, at least. And how they got those is actually pretty interesting. Their program dates back to the 1940s when they started searching their nearby deserts for uranium. They also started pushing their young people to study nuclear physics abroad with this idea that they would come home and help build a nuclear weapons program. France was one of the big places where a lot of Israeli students went back in the day. But by the 1960s, that cooperation largely dried up because of internal French politics. And very shortly thereafter, the Brits and the Norwegians stepped in to help pick up the slack that the French dropped. And that is why by the late 1960s, the Israelis had enough nuclear material for their very first warhead. And that program has largely not let up since then. There is some debate about what they produce each year and so forth, but there is no debate that they do have nuclear weapons, and they also have a very good set of missiles to deliver those things if need be. And that is their trump card, right? As it is for all nations who have nuclear weapons. By the way, this is part of the reason for why the Iranians are so nervous to launch a traditional or conventional, uh, conventional nuclear strike. And that is why they lean so heavily on proxy groups like Hezbollah uh, or the Houthis, Yes, they, they are leery of launching these traditional strikes, so they leverage these other terrible terrorist dudes. In other words, it's a very low-grade way to keep the Israeli state degraded or otherwise on its toes. But here's a thought experiment. What if Iran were to get enough nuclear weapons and they fired them all at once and unannounced? Well, it would almost certainly overwhelm Israel's missile defense systems, and it would wipe out much of the country and most of the Jewish people. So that is very frightening, and that is, in fact, what the Israeli government has long worried about. And that is why their intel networks are so carefully watching what Tehran does. 
because as I shared with you yesterday, if the Israelis learn that the Ayatollah wants to launch uh, some measure of these nuclear strikes, then the Israelis will strike first, almost certainly with nuclear weapons. So Jerry, there you have it. Israel's nuclear weapons program and why we need to keep watch over events in both Israel and certainly Iran. Because it's not just about, say, your pocketbook with the oil, or perhaps you might have ethnic or religious affinities for people in the Middle East. No, no. We have the potential of a nuclear fallout, which is, as ever, a very fun way to end this podcast, isn't it? Just another reason for why folks call me the angel of death. Maybe I'll get that tattooed on my bicep this weekend. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude your awful morning brief. As always, I will see you tomorrow, God willing. Until then, I leave you with the creed of every good spy and every wise American. They're the words from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.